Hey there, folks. This is Todd Van Allen, host of Comedy Above the Pub. It's Cat P to you and me. Pub is fake. Guests are real. Virtual, but real. First of all, we are closing off season 22. This is the 25th episode of season 22. I couldn't be happier with who we got. Well, first of all, you're going to go, well, wait. Don't you always have your producer, Darcy Finder, with you? Well, yes, I do. Here he is. How are you, Darcy? I'm great, Todd. Yes. Yes, you are. You show up a little late. We talk about that. We chastise you. Um, But no matter, right off the top, our guest and I keep the show going. Have a great conversation because he's one of the best in the business. It's Joey Elias. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. Thanks for the invite. Uh, it's a long time kind of like, as you say, we have been trying in the past and I, I love how, you know, in the, in the old days before the pandemic, before we had technologies, uh, we, we would like animals have to sit in the same room and you would have to take transit or a cab or even drive to my place. Cause I sure as fuck wasn't moving. Sorry, Darcy got to edit that out. And, uh, and now you just sit in your chair in in front of a in front of a, a tartan curtain, and you just talk. Yeah, this is. Um, I'm in a temporary apartment. They're fixing up the uh, building I live in. Okay, and so I'm I'm in this weird uh, space, not just living wise, okay. but also <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get rent evicted or not. Oh shit. Ooh. Really? Yeah. So, like, uh, okay. it's talking to a couple of lawyers and stuff. So, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things you have to hope for to uh, right. avoid it. So, mm-hmm. I'm hoping my lease has to be renewed while I'm still in this building. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thoughts and prayers, your lease. Yes. There we go. That's right. Because um, we know how well they work for everything else. Exactly. They're so, <laughs> it's, you know, it's everything's solved with thoughts and prayers. Everything's good. <laughs> what do we talk about? We talk about politics and comedy. We talk yes. about that. We talk about this very thing. We talk about uh, your origin story of like when you started. Uh, we talk about uh, open mics and uh, new comics really wanting to change the world. Yeah. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Hotz makes an appearance on this one again. That's two in a row now. And um, uh, Statler and Waldorf as comics. Is there? We answer that question. Um, Joey, can't thank you enough. Listeners, can't thank you enough for being here for 22 seasons. If that's if you've been here since the beginning, I don't know when you started. Um, we'll we'll be taking a break. We'll be doing season uh, 23 coming up. The Patreon, uh, three bucks a month, and you get bonus content and full video with every episode. So make sure you sign up for that. You do it at Patreon.com/slash CATP Podcast. You can also go to our YouTube stream, which is at CATP Podcast. In fact, you can go everywhere, including the TikTok. We talk about that at CATP Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Enough of this uh, telling you where to go. You can just stay here and listen to this. So here we are. Here's Joey. Here's Darcy. Here's me. And here's the music that starts the whole damn thing. One of the things, like, you know, during in the early days of COVID, I remember trying to, like, you know, like, get as much information as I could about, okay, so how do we, how do we do a lockdown? What should we do? Is like, is like, okay, know this supply chains are going to be fine. So don't hoard toilet paper, idiots, right. right? Don't do that. You'll be fine. Just make sure when you're buying, don't forget your pets. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. First thing I did is like, I ran to the, to the, to the, um, and, and, but by the way, this was in the days when we didn't know how this thing, like we were throwing pineapples in the dishwasher. Like we didn't know right. how this thing was transmitted, right? So the the pet food guy had a table jammed at his front door and was just shuttling things out tap only. 
Just like, you know, it was like, fuck, we better get two bags of food. Like, okay, boom, boom, let's go. Cause he had like six left. And then it was, um, they give you the list, like, don't forget your pets and make sure you've got frozen foods are probably good. Make sure you got a lot of vegetables and, and stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. And then they, they, this is the line that haunts me to this day. <laughs> they said, don't forget desserts. You're going to want a little treat. Well, our you know. premier said that's why he was keeping the, uh, the liquor stores and the weed stores open because mm-hmm. he says everybody needs their way to take right. the edge off. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bible stores, you know, uh, prayer temples. And by the way, you can still get booze and weed. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the priorities in a, in a pandemic. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it doesn't take me long to go, we got dessert? Like, I've never had, like, before this pandemic, I barely ate dessert. Now I'm like, there better be some fucking M&Ms at the end of this meal. Yeah, something. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, the, the thing it taught me is uh, people are awful. Yes. That's what yes. it comes down to. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we were talking about that the other day, mm-hmm. you know, backstage with, with Pride. And it was yes. just like, does, I just want uh, middle ground to return. Yes. That's all. Just Even, just so that I want to bring the listener up to speed. When we say that we were talking with Pride, it wasn't that, you know, we were valorous. Oh, right. Uh, we, were ta- we were talking with David Pride. David Pride. Uh, Spelt with friend, a Y. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, Joey, before we get into the corporate, because I do want to go over this, because Dar- Darcy knows nothing about the corporate you and I just did. And I think he'll enjoy the story. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Joey, Darcy, Darcy, Joey. Hi, Joey. Um, What's up? Um, I got to say, Darcy, showing up late for uh, Howard Glassman. Showing up late for Joey Elias, I'm not going to lie to you. It's looking a little anti-Semitic. It's looking a little... I'm in good company, though, if, if I'm with Howard Glassman. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, must yeah. say. Howie! That's a good name to uh, he, to be up there with. Oh, you'll love this. Uh, he had to run from our podcast recording to hop onto another with Jeremy Hotz. Come on. Yeah. That's a pretty good day. Yeah, not bad, right? That's a well, pretty okay. good way to kill a well, few hours talking okay. to you guys and then hots. Well, f- think of it. He starts his day talking with Fred Patterson. So that's, you, you get through that. And then, <laughs> boom, right here. And then you cop, cop it off with the, with, with the hots. He's still one of the funniest men I've ever there's, witnessed live. There's no change. We're talking about it on, on, on uh, Howard's episode of just like sort of how... When he found himself, it was just so uh, momentous. Like, like, like when when he when he finally decided he was this guy, right? Yeah, but that character is gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was just coming up, and, and Jeremy was, you know, still playing the clubs and headlining the clubs. Even if I was just an open micer, you know, I was making my way down. All right. nights for like all five or six shows that Jeremy was doing because yeah, yeah. even if it, my favorite thing about Jeremy was he could deliver the same joke mm-hmm. and for some strange reason uh, one night it made him laugh himself and then yeah. the other night nothing right and <laughs> it was just so much fun to watch a guy enjoy what he was doing right and you knew that he was having a good time uh huh you know we- and it was infectious yeah. He, uh, so him to that pivot, I would say like in, in terms of Canadian comedy, if you're, if you're comparing it to something in, in us comedy circles, it's the same moment as when Mark Marin went, Hey, I suppose I could sit on that stool. And then that, you know, and then a, a monster Ooh. was made. Um, you were, we were talking, uh, backstage. I love how all we're doing is we, you know, 
just redressing everything we talked about at this corporate. Um, but I was thinking about Winston Spear when you talk about someone who is um, uh, also in the community. Darcy, Darcy, you've seen Winston Spear perform, correct? Yes. Yes. It's on the podcast, I think, no? That's right. Yes, he was. Um, I believe his episode is still recording. Because um, <laughs> he has the most, once you get him going, he will he will not stop. And that's what I adore about him. But his laugh oh my God, the best. is so unique and infectious. And I, w- I would love to hear your experience of, of this moment because I had – mine was – I think it was Absolute Toronto. And I was either hosting or I was just on the show do, just doing a spot or something. And I did a throwaway line of like, yeah, you wouldn't use ketchup on that. And – it was just like an ad lib thing, and it got the response that an ad lib thing should get. You know, the crowd just went, <laughs> you know, like that. But you just hear at the back of the room <laughs> that, and yeah. I'm like, oh, Winston liked it. Okay, that okay, so we're good. And then I go, I, I go, thank you, good night. I get, I get to the back of the room, and he is in tears, going, you wouldn't put ketchup on that, <laughs> like the entire time. Yeah, he was just. Uh... What I loved about Winston was just the commitment, mm-hmm. you know, when he would come out dancing with the uh, either with the things on his fingers, like the yes. light up or yep. not. Mm-hmm. It was just the look on people's faces Yeah, when he would just come kind of dancing through the crowd. Right. People were like, okay, what's happening? Right. And then, of course, he takes them on this magical ride right after. Mm-hmm. And then it explains the dancing. Like he's just in his own bubble Mm -hmm. and he's having, and that's what I enjoy. I mean, Mm -hmm. watching people enjoy what they do, whether it's comedy or music or, you know, it's just, you can tell that they're enjoying what they do. Yeah. If I were him, I would sue Ellen DeGeneres for copyright infringement. Oh, the dancing? I'm just saying. And she's done now, right? Oh, yeah. Like she's like, they think they They actually take the the last uh, show, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it airs today. The final show? Yeah. Oh, fuck. We got to go. Okay. See ya. (laughs) I wonder if she's got, like, I I don't watch, but I know she gives away a lot of stuff, kind of a la Oprah. Right. And I hope everybody in that crowd today walked away with like a million dollars. Right. Um, I think what, I think the, from what I hear, the staff on the show are going to be walking away with a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. And apparently maybe some, uh, you know, side money. Yep. <laughs> to keep quiet. And you'll be quiet. And you'll be quiet. And right. you'll be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Until all these think pieces and biographies come out. Oh, uh, listen, the HBO special on Ellen will be great. Yes. Who plays Ellen? Who do you get? That's a good question. I Ellen. Can't... I would get Ellen. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and but, okay, actually, this is what She's I would. Yeah. That's what you should do is you put out, you put out like a, we're looking for an Ellen DeGeneres type. And then Ellen shows up and you go, yeah, no. I actually had an audition once where in the uh, character breakdown in Mm -hmm. brackets, it said, you know, like Mike Patterson. And I thought, well, why don't you just get Mike Mike Patterson? Patterson. Yes. Like, what am I reading? And I like, and Mike was in the audition room and I was like, this role was made for you. I'm pretty sure. Like it says right here, made yeah. for you. Um, did you, uh, you've seen Rick Curry, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every time something like that happens, I always think of his um, his joke where he says, you know, when my wife and I was getting, were getting married, you know this one? No. 
uh, forgive me, I'm probably butchering it because I don't have his sort of languid uh, uh, use of, of, of accent, but uh, bear with me. He's like, you know, my wife, when, when we got married, she's a huge April wine fan. So we talked to the uh, wedding coordinator to say, my wife's huge uh, April wine fan. Uh, what are our options? And she went, well, the way I see it, there's two things that you could do. Uh, the first one is to get an April wine cover band. Uh, but based on your budget, I would say it's either the April wine cover band or April wine. Fair enough. I see yeah. some of those guys at the golf course sometimes. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The I, you know what? I would Good Montreal I, boys. Oh, is that where they're from? I had yeah. no idea. Okay. Yeah. So you lived in Montreal all your life, right? Correct. As okay. an Anglophone, which is As even an, weirder. Right. And you like like everyone who who I know that 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 grew up as an Anglophone, you know, like no French. I know right? some French. I got, okay. you know, I got educated through high school in French, sure. but I never had to use it. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the part of Montreal that I grew up in, it was all Anglophone mm-hmm. children of immigrant. Like we were all first immigrant, sure. you know, uh, first uh, generation. Yep. So it was just a like I remember growing up on a dead end street and it was very cool. There was only about 12 houses mm-hmm. and every different ethnicity. So, you know, Orthodox Easter, the Greek family over in the corner, like I still remember where they were. They were in the corner of the street. Mm-hmm. They would bring out all this food and, the, you know, the lamb was on the spit and everybody on the street would come over and Chinese New Year, the uh, the, the couple from uh, Shanghai, mm-hmm. you know, and their kids would do. My mom would invite everybody over for the Jewish holidays. And so yeah. we all got, but there was no French Right. And now as I get older, uh, you know, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be a breeze. I made it this far. And my <laughs> sister uh, is basically common law married with child, the way mm-hmm. the Quebecers do it. Right. Um, to a Francophone who came from a small little town in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Right. And so, yeah, I'm trying my best so that I can communicate with him properly. Mm-hmm. And also my nephew, who they're raising bilingual. So I want right. to like I don't need to have a two year old who's going to be smarter than me. <laughs> right. And that's happening. Like he's seven months old now and he knows how to use, you know, the remote and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I just got a new, you know, cable provider. I have no idea how the remote works. <laughs> it's the what, most, what neighborhood did you grow up in? I grew up in Cote St. Luke amongst all the, uh, it is predominantly Jewish, but mm-hmm. and, you know, it's uh, like I said, like back in the day, it was every, nationality in that Mm -hmm. it was just it was a melting pot it really was and it was wonderful to grow up i mean i went to jewish school obviously Mm -hmm. uh they don't want me to promote that right you know but uh (laughs) but even like the public schools in my neighborhood were all like 80 percent jewish kids and then you'd Mm -hmm. have a mix of every other ethnicity and and believe it or not people were like oh there must have been some violence there was no violence right everybody got along Mm-hmm. You know, like if you went to my school, you know, or you were in my, on my basketball team or whatever, it didn't matter where you came from or what your background was. You were my teammate and I had your yeah. back. You know, that's how I feel in comedy, too. Like if mm-hmm. I'm like if I'm in the green room and somebody's, you know, heckling for no reason or whatever, mm-hmm. you better believe I'm on top of that for the oh, other yeah. comic. Yeah. You know, I've watched comics that I don't even know not have a great set and it pains me. Yeah. You know, it just, no. it really does as a comic to, to be in the room when 
even an open micer, you know, when you drop mm-hmm. in and try out some new material or whatever, it's just like, I make a point now of if I see that person, whether I know them or not, and I see that they're kind of, I wouldn't say upset, but a little distraught over the set. I always go over and try to say something positive to them just to know, let them know, listen, it's one out of a thousand, Mm -hmm. you know, baseball hall of fame. If you hit 280, you're a hall of famer, Yeah, you know, so we're not going to hit it out of the park every night. No. And that's what people have to realize. And the other thing that I just learned not too long ago, um, thanks to the lovely text messages I would get sometimes when I had a radio gig not everybody's going to like me. No. <laughs> you know? And once I realized that, yeah, it really, I mean, it was crazy to think it took me about 40 years to realize that. Mm-hmm. But once I realized, I'm not going to win everybody over. Yeah. You know? And, and that's just whatever. And, and, and it made me sleep better at night. You know? mm-hmm. Like, why am I worrying about text message from, you know, troll yeah. number 7,800 mm-hmm. when everybody else seems to like it. Yeah. No, uh, no avatar picture, Tim, four, seven, nine, three, two, eight, one, six, two, you know, uh, Much join Twitter 20 minutes ago. You know, that's, that's usually a tell uh, zero followers. That's also my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. The, uh, the zero followers following right. 3000 people. I think you suck. Who knows it? literally yeah. like it's you like you, you could have solved this with just opening a word document well or just yeah. saying it to your friend boy that yeah. guy sucks yeah you know at least somebody it. heard it like you said mm-hmm. you um but by, by the way that sentiment of uh you know not everyone's gonna like me literally the last joke of my first album oh is, yeah it's that sentiment of just oh, I thought like, you were gonna lead right into the uh the corporate Oh, 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 no, we'll get there. I want okay. some backstory here first. This is because there's a uh, your first few sentences leave us so much to unpack. Um, uh, like, like growing up in, in Montreal, like when you're saying, uh, when you were an open micer, um, and you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Hotz is gonna be dead. Oh, you gotta go. When did you start? Like, what was, what was the Montreal scene like at that point? Like, did they have the festival at that point? Or like, like, like what, sort of what, what was it like growing up sort of like in ground zero of where everyone kind of wants to perform in the month of June? Like, what's it like? It was pretty, well, I got into it cause I lost a bet to a friend who knew nice. I was writing that's, material. Right? That's how it should do. Yes. And, um, I had been going to the comedy club since I, I was like 15 and I was grabbing my buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Dan. We call him Piggy. Okay. So from uh, Lord of the Flies, grade 11. Yes! We're read, right. We're reading the book uh-huh. class and they describe Piggy, okay. you know, and short, round, bad asthma, thick glasses. And I literally went, holy mm-hmm. fuck, it's you. Right. Yeah. Um, and now did, I he, did he hold up the conch and go, you can only say that when you hold this. Right. The con- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the con- um, I call his kid Piglet. It's wonderful. Beauty. That, yeah, gorgeous. So when I came up, the festival was here, and I had seen a couple of shows. I remember seeing uh, Stephen Wright oh, know, geez. doing an hour, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But having seen all these people go up. So when I started here in Montreal, uh, the big names were David John McCarthy, John Rogers, uh, Rick oh, yeah, Bronson, John Rogers. Uh, Jeff Rothpan was still here, Candy Abelson. Mm-hmm. Um I know I'm forgetting a thousand. Sure. And so as I started, you know, so I get on when I, I the first set I did, I was 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ernie Butler, who was the owner at the time, just said, hey, that was pretty good. What are you doing next Wednesday? 
And I said, I, I have no idea. So, <laughs> you know, he, he's like, come on back. But at the time we had auditioned to get onto an open mic. Wow. So I had to go in, make an appointment. And mm-hmm. the way it worked was uh, David John McCarthy and John Rogers were booking the, the open local talent. You had auditioned mm-hmm. for them. And we, I walked into the comedy club with them at about a five, five thirty on a, on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they turned off all the lights, put me on stage, right. spotlights on, they mm-hmm. sat in the back and they've trained themselves now not to laugh. Ha. Huh. And the only reason I knew they were still in the room was you can still smoke inside at the time. And right. I would see the cherry of uh, DJ's cigarette. <laughs> and that's how I knew he was in. <laughs> so audition, get on. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did like three or four sets. And then I just stopped. I just, you know, I was, believe it or not, I was working at a summer camp as a mm-hmm. swim instructor at the time which was really fun because, you know, you're 17, you still want to be 17 type of yeah. thing. Um, came back from summer camp, went to a show just to watch. Mm-hmm. And they were like, where have you been? <laughs> so that's when it really kicked in, uh, like 91. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really just started, you know, getting onto the weekends and stuff. And if I didn't start with the group that I started with, though. Right. You know, so by that time, you had Derek Supple in the scene. Mm-hmm. David right. Pride was back. Heidi Foss was there. Yep. Sylvain LaRocque, uh, Scott Falkenbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Martha Chavez. Martha Chavez. Martha Chavez, I just saw she's doing shows in Toronto. Mar- uh, Falkenbridge, I think, just moved there. Yeah, he and, was just uh, here. And I, and I just saw ago? Heidi Foss playing a cop in something. Ghosts. Ghosts. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, she's had uh, the recurring role in Ghost. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I think my wife, Heidi. I mean, just to say something, I think yeah. Heidi is the most prolific writer yeah. in this country. I mean, people don't may not know her name or mm-hmm. know her as a stand-up, which is a shame. Yeah, but if you have children, she's mm-hmm. probably come up on your screen. Yes, you know, writing for kids shows and creating her own. Uh, she just sold a movie actually yeah. for uh, for children. So. Um, yeah, I mean, she's fantastic. But that group, we were, how can I, uh, oh, Barry Julian was there, of course, who's okay, now yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. Colbert. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were so competitive with one another, mm-hmm. but in not in a way that to put people down. Mm-hmm. It was competitive to, to push you to get further. Mm-hmm. And we always did it in a friendly way. And what was really fun back then was every Wednesday, which was the open mics, whether you were on or not, the core group of 10 mm-hmm. always showed up and it was the afterwards we would go right. shoot pool. And that's where I just picked up, like just talking to people and asking questions. I was that annoying kid. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. but it was just, I know we're playing pool, but um, <laughs> so this callback idea thing, yeah. what is, you know, so why is that, it a rule of three? Oh, is that the craziest rule? And nobody under nobody can explain that. I don't know. I can't. I can't explain callbacks. When I'm talking to people, it's like like callbacks. It's like I don't know why the fuck it works. You just all you're doing is you're using the same thing that you just used. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a a magic trick that comedians have. Like we've pulled mm. something out of our hat that disappeared, right. you know, mm-hmm. twenty minutes ago, and people are like he remembered that. Yeah, and you're like, yes, yeah. I wrote it. Uh huh. 
or the, yeah. or the other thing too, and, and, and it might kind of harken to this is like my favorite thing is like when something happens in the room before you, or you call back to the joke of the, yes. the like the last joke of what the person did and make it about you is like, you know, it's like, and that's why I was trapped in a, in a trunk. Good night, everybody is like, and now you're, here's the next act. Todd is like, Oh, there's sorry. I, I was late. There's a thumping noise in my trunk. And right. like, Oh, he but paid it, attention. Yeah. And it, exactly. I think it's people have this misconception that we don't like each other. Right. And we're not going to watch each other's sets mm-hmm. or listen, but that's a really good tool. Right. Yeah. For especially younger comics, mm-hmm. you know, and- Speaking Just watch of, the show, yeah, yeah, no, although the, oh, that drives me nuts. Is like when there's two things that drive me nuts about about uh, new comics. Uh, one is the they don't phrase the question this way, but they find every single way to ask. How do I get great at comedy without doing it? Yeah. You know, because they they want they want to shelter themselves from the failure, and it's and they don't want to hear. It's this isn't generalized. Not everyone says this, but there, there's there's a a type of open mic comic and there's a type of personality that wants to do the thing but doesn't want to immediately fail at doing the thing. They they want to come out of the gate um, like like George Carlin, and they can't. You got to start out as really really bad and then figure it out. And it's, yeah, nobody starts off hot. Norm Macdonald. Right. Is the only exception no. I know, right? Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, failure is a big part of this business, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not ready to accept the failure and then take it in and make it, you know, a learning experience, and then okay, don't do this again. Put it in the rolodex for mm-hmm. when this does happen, and we'll make sure it doesn't happen again. It's uh, I think that's just you know kind of that generational thing of mm-hmm. you know like okay, give it to me. Everything yeah. else has been given to me, right? I'm because mm-hmm. I'm the generation of everybody passes, everybody gets a medal, right? So when you do suck, mm-hmm. you know it's okay. It's okay as long as you don't crap the bed so bad, right? That people leave or you've offended somebody. Uh, but sometimes, you know, your personal views are not going to, you know, come across with right. everybody. And it's in a lot of cases the the failure isn't fair. Because we've talked, we, you and I have talked privately. We talk about it on the show all the time. Sort of the difference between like the different, like even the different cities have, let, let alone different clubs, but different cities sort of have their own feel for mm-hmm. for comedy. And like larger cities, the individual neighborhoods will will have different takes on comedy. Like if I do a show at Comedy Bar on on Bloor, it's going to have a different. The audience is going to be different and expect different things than the Danforth one or the Young and Egg people at Absolute or the people who are in the down, downtown at Yucks. Uh, they're all going to have like you know you do a, an open mic at, at Corktown. Every audience is going to have a different uh, a, a different feeling for what they believe. Like because they're so neighborhoody, right? right? Like everything is so so. Every neighborhood has their own sense of values. And so when you come in, you know, to, to, a, to a different setting, you're bringing your values with you and you're hoping that you can find some commonality with the, with the people that are there. But like the, the Ottawa club and people who kind of grew up in the, in the, in the Ottawa area, while absolute was just, um, Hey everyone, this is my closer. Oh, look at that. Five minute applause break. Good night. That room um, is, um, I don't know if they pump oxygen into right. it. Right. Yes. <laughs> But for a while, it was just a. It still is. Yeah. But I think that the locals now understand. Yes, I live in a city 
with a club that is magical. Yes. And it does not matter what night you come down on. It's going to be full. Yep. And yeah, Absolute Ottawa was just, everybody wanted to record their albums there, right? Because like you said, you can just do the old, hey, look at me, I'm picking my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not. And you'd get this thunderous applause, Mm -hmm. which you never thought of in Ottawa before because- you know, let's be honest. When I think of government employees, I don't mm-hmm. think of raucous people that have wicked senses of humor. Mm-hmm. I know that's a general stereotype that, you know. But, <laughs> they can, but it will take six months to 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 be achieved. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but that club in Ottawa. And yeah. the funny thing is, for the longest time, all the locals that started there were coming out just a little cocky because mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, look, I've been killing on the open mm-hmm. mics. And then I got a weekend spot and that was great. And then they'll go, you know, we'll come to Montreal, they'll go to Toronto. And they're like, yeah, that really wasn't the way I expected it to go. And you're like, no, that was great. <laughs> yeah. But you just left Disney world. Right. Yeah. I, so I, I, I won't, I'll tell you off air who this is. Um, but it was a, a, a comic you and I both know, I think Darcy has, has seen him perform as well had made his home in Ottawa and finally did the big move to Toronto. And so this was one of my first shows with him. Uh, I gave it away. It's mail. And, um, and uh, uh, it's, it's at the Rivoli. We're doing the, the alt dot comedy lounge, which is a very hipster challenging room, right? Like it's, it's, it says it's all comedy. Like it's got like alt in 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 the in the name and so you think that you can try out challenging <laughs> stuff like like the the big lie in all this is that you think you can do challenges and a lot of times you can't the, the audience will, will be with you but there are some nights they'll just sit here like this and wait for you to go fart and then suddenly oh this th- give this man a pulitzer like it, like it's it's that so uh, this comic came down. I knew him. It's like, he was like, oh, welcome to Toronto. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And go, mm-hmm, okay. And Ted Morris is hosting. I don't know if you know Ted Morris. Um, uh, fan- fantastic uh, audience, uh, 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 comic, and, and great. he was hosting that night. He was doing great with the audience. Um, but they were challenging. I could feel it, and I could hear the comic before me having a time. Like, I was like, oh, and I'm looking at my set list going, this is not going to go good. This is not well. And then this comic goes up. I have an idea who it is now. Okay. Yeah, send it to me in the chat. You know, you can, you can Jackie Cation that over to me and uh, just type that in and I'll let you know if you're, if you're right. Um, so this comic goes up and I, and Ted and I are kind of hanging out. We go, Oh, the, oh, this is not going good. This is not, that might've worked in Ottawa. It's not working here. And, uh, guy comes off and I hear, um, uh, Ted, you know, filling in for a little bit of time before he brings me up. And this guy's got his head in his hands like this. And, uh, I go, what's wrong? He goes, yeah, I didn't do well. And go, I held up my set list and go, this is not going to do well. This is going to set. This is all fucking new. It's garbage. He goes, yeah, I don't take rejection. Well, it's like you picked a fucking fantastic job. Like yeah. I don't fire your guidance counselor. Like, no. So I was uh, a guidance counselor for you. Were you? Well, okay. I <laughs> may have teacher. given him some bad advice. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. What, what are you doing, Joey? So I was young. I didn't know what they hired me. Uh huh. You know, uh, <laughs> Hey, bucks a buck. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I went up afterwards and I, I was exactly right. Half of it hit my, my favorite moment that you get in when you're doing like all new 
and I'm sure you've, you've had this happen. So you go up with like five new jokes, right? And you're like, I'm going to try these five. I can't wait. Never done them before. I'm going to try these five. And you do your set. It goes fine. And then one of your comic friends comes up and goes, hey, your third joke's really great. And you go, hey, thanks. What did you think of the other one? The third joke is really great. Okay. I don't know about you. I'm yeah. I'm still of this ilk. If I write something new on a on a Monday mm-hmm. and I don't have a show till Friday. Right. By the time I get to that gig on Friday, there's a pretty good chance I'm not going to do that joke. Correct. It yes. Just, it's old already. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I just recently went back into a notebook that I finished, you know, like I go through notebooks like crazy. Mm-hmm. But I realized there's about 60% of the jokes in there that I just never did. Right. And now I'm tempted to go back and almost do a set list of here's stuff. I never, ever tried mm-hmm. because of whatever. Yeah. And that's just an idea. And that could be in a, literally an album of failures. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it's worth to try. Yeah. That's like, that's like when a band puts out B sides and demos and some of them hit. Yeah. Yeah, like, did, exactly. All deleted scenes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you uh, did you listen to the Radiohead tapes? Do you like Radiohead at all? Um, I'm not a huge fan, okay. but I, I know what you're talking about. No, I didn't hear them at all. I so I I listened to all nine hours or eighteen hours or whatever it was, and boy oh boy, did they want one particular song to really be successful and wasn't <laughs> like you just like oh, you really? would hear oh you're, fuck yeah like a thousand different versions yes so like I can't remember the name of this like you know I is something like I apologize or I'm sorry or something like that and they should be for this song and uh, <laughs> it showed up on like a b-side I think it was a b-side of the song they did for um uh, Romeo and Juliet I think I don't know it was something uh, all the radiohead fans are going you're not a real fan it's like I like them um but like you would hear like a demo track, you'd hear four or five different takes of this song of the demo, and then you'd hear them do it live. And then there'd be a pause, and then they're back in the studio with this thing trying to hammer it out. And just like, do you ever have a, you have a joke like that where you're just like, I'm going to make this thing fucking work if it's the oh, last thing I do. I've had stuff like that where, it, mm-hmm. yeah, about a year later of just sucking the wind out of the room, I'm like, maybe I should give it up. <laughs> right. Maybe I should. You know, it's like... <laughs> But sometimes it's just like, why, you know, you, you get it. You're like, okay, maybe I just have to fix this one word. Yes. And then you're like, okay, I fixed the word now. No, uh, maybe it's my pacing. Maybe right. it's the way I do this. And then what if I flip it around? And, right. And so again, it's a lot of cut and paste, but uh-huh. again, not quitting after one bad set. And that's again, when it goes back right. to what you were saying about some of the newbies, mm-hmm. you know, just, and, and the other thing too is, that I've noticed a lot about the noobs is they want to do a different set every night. Sure. Which, which is, is fantastic. It's, it's noble. It's noble. And I appreciate that. I think it's so cute. Yeah. It, yeah. It's fantastic. But again, you're not Norm McDonald. No. Right. No. So what I do is I, you know, I have in my book, I have uh, always an updated version of, let's say three different seven minute sets, mm-hmm. three, 10 minute sets, 20 minute sets and so forth. Right. So I, I, again, if I feel like doing something, you know, okay, I'll do that tonight and I can do this tonight. So there is a little mix and matching going on, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we all know to sandwich, you know, the new joke between two jokes that, you know, work. Yep. So, you know, you kind of get the momentum on your side and if it Mm -hmm. doesn't, you you know, you pick it up again, but if you don't have the brevity to try new stuff, where are you going to move to? 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to move up that ladder that you want. You know, all those hopes and dreams of, oh, I want MC, I want a headline, I want to go on the road. Yeah, it's never going to happen if you don't fail, if you don't mm-hmm. try. You know, and especially, I mean, I don't know how long it took for you guys, for you, but you know, when you start off, you're either really good mm-hmm. on stage, but right. your writing's a little weaker, and or uh-huh. vice versa. It's a magic moment when they come together, right? You know, I'm still and, waiting. Oh, it took me a long, it took me a good 20 years until, you know, okay, this is who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know some comics will say the person on stage is the person off stage and that's their goal. For me, I'm just too laid back. I think off stage Mm -hmm. to be that guy on stage. You know what I mean? Um, I was on radio late at night for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it wasn't for ratings. It was my voice puts people to sleep. Right. Um, and I get that. So if I was this guy on stage, right. You know, my, my look of success would be how many people are nodding off right now. Right. (laughs) You know? So what I end up doing is I do, I get a little more uptight, a little crankier Mm -hmm. and it's fun to be honest, to play that curmudgeonly old fella. You know, it is, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm foreshadowing into my future, but Mm -hmm. it is fun. And, yeah. you know, and I totally understand why people play a character or something like that, but they have to, you know, the newbies have to understand that um, it takes some time to figure out who you're going to be on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to be a deadpan? Am I a storyteller? Am I a one-liner person? And there's a lot, I mean, people don't realize that, um, you know, there's an art form behind this. Yeah. And that's why when I, we all in the community get very upset when, you know, we can't get government grants because stand-up comedy is not a recognized art form. As right. I watch a unicyclist go down the street the other day <laughs> mm-hmm. and think, right. fuck that guy. He's going to get a grant because he's in Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What if I did my act while sitting on a unicycle? Can I right. get a a grant? I don't know. It's just that's what's offensive to me mm-hmm. is that, you know, all these people sitting in, you know, ivory towers going, no, these people don't deserve money. Right. Uh, no, we do. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I like the CASC, um, yeah. you know, card carrying member, you know, um, Monty's doing a great job. He's doing a fantastic job, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, but I, I listen, I, I, whether we get grants or not, the whole, the most important thing is, you know, winning people over to come see you mm-hmm. and just put comedy in their mind. So if they yeah. go to the, you know, absolute or rumors or wherever, and they see a good act, mm-hmm. They may follow that person on social, but they're also going to put, you know, that club on their map. So I'm I'm always amazed when I find people at the clubs in their their late 40s, early 50s. They're like, that's the first comedy show I've ever seen live. Yes. Every time. You know, and I'm like, what took you so long? And they were Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I I grew up on Johnny Carson and Letterman. Mm -hmm. And and then I'm like, yeah, what took you so long? Yeah. You know, like, and but now it's on their radar and it's a thing that they do. So I'm glad mm-hmm. at least they come out at that point. But yeah. I listen, I think it's still more entertaining to see stand up comedy live than go to a movie. Mm-hmm. It's no, cheaper. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, up to, up until now, you, you could drink during it where you couldn't in a movie. Oh, now, that's right. now they decided to get smart and still Stella. So yeah. over at the movies, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get beer now. You can get oh, yeah, those VIP things, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember right. going to a movie um, when I was like 25. Mm-hmm. I was doing a couple of gigs in Europe, 
and I was in Amsterdam. Ah, okay. And the only reason uh, myself and the other comic went into this theater to see some artsy fartsy movie mm-hmm. was um, they had ashtrays <laughs> <laughs> in the theater, like the old style yep. airplane. Mm-hmm. So you can yep. sit there and again, order a beer. So we walked in, grabbed a couple of pints, whatever, mm-hmm. and just sat there and yeah. smoked. And we mm-hmm. were like, what? This is a, it was like prohibition. It was so yeah. much fun. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't even know the last time I went mm-hmm. to a movie in a theater, to be honest. Yeah. The, um, so when you, uh, as, as soon as you said, uh, airplane ashtray, like in the armrest. Yeah. My favorite thing is when you get on like a, a, like a charter flight or Air Canada Rouge or something like that, and you sit down and you see the ashtray and there you go, well, this is an age tell. Uh, you know, start, I start, you know, examining the fuselage and stuff like that. And I remember having like a, like a, like a, like a 20 something sitting beside me, looking at this thing confused, going like, what is this for? And I just looked over and went, it means we're going to die. I would have said that's where we plugged in our modems. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we got the, <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, really? You can, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'd have to dial. That's out. right. You know, nine to get an outside number and then, you know, dial your ISP. Oh, that, those were the days. Mm-hmm. We had to fight for it. You know, when all your pornography came one row at a time, just. <laughs> Can you imagine? I've never, I've, I'm yet to watch. Uh, I ne- that was the thing that uh, amazed me that going to the airports back in the day, they sold uh, porn magazines. Yes. And I was like, okay, listen. If you can't hold off for like mm. a 10 hour flight, you got issues. Right. But who just buys that and just I opens don't... it up in aisle seven? Yeah. Middle seat. Yep. Who opens up the hustler and then 15 minutes later goes, party of one in the mile high club and then That's moves right. to the back. Mosey's on over. Mm-hmm. Are you going to use that wet nap? <laughs> <laughs> um, be- before I go further with any questions, because uh, there. There is one definitely pending from the from the Montreal scene I want to get to. We have to bring Darcy up to speed with the corporate that you and I did. Oh, yeah. That I thought was going to be great. I, I truly did. If my exchanges with the organizer were anything to go by, it, it was it was going to be fun, right? It so, seemed like, a, listen, on paper, it was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it wasn't until literally like the, the five minutes before I met up with you in the lobby that I went, Oh, 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 no. Um, so, so Darcy, huge banquet room. Okay. And we were told there were going to be uh, like hundreds of people, like two, three, maybe even eight coming to this thing. Right. Okay. And the organization, you're not going to believe that they would have more than 800 people, but they get thousands of people out for this. It's the North American Lumber Association. <laughs> okay. Insert joke. Okay. Insert joke here, uh, which I did on stage. I was like, I didn't know what to do with you people because Ben, the the organizer, uh, messaged me and said, yeah, the the organization wants you guys to come up with some jokes about lumber. To which I said, I have a lot of jokes about wood. Not one is about lumber. (laughs) So um, so we're like, okay, And so like I made a quiz. Like says, I figure, like for a large Which group, is hilarious, that, be, by the that that will be engaging. You know, that's it, that is, by the way, corporate slash wedding 
uh, uh, like just easy street path. Like if you want the path of least resistance, make a quiz for people. Just bam, there you go. And meanwhile, Adam Grow is going. That's my fucking bit. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't sound. Uh, he doesn't sound like Gary David. But you understand. Um, That's so, a great reference. So uh, we talked about him last week, and I'll tell you the story off air that I told <laughs> um, that the Patreon people got to hear because we threw that in there. So for three bucks a month, they get to hear a Gary David story. Um, so I, I pitched it to you, to you and David Pride, and and I said, "Hey, uh, I don't expect y'all to do this because we're only each doing twenty minutes. Um, come up with some wood jokes if you can. No biggie if you can't. And this is what I love about David Pride. He immediately put pen to paper. Went, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to make this happen. And <laughs> he, um, uh, uh, the uh, so so we get there." And I'm thinking, yeah, this is okay. I'll break up the thing. I got 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. That's the show. It'll be great. And I see, as soon as I walk into this huge ballroom, I went, great. And I see chairs. I went, oh, this is going to be like a theater show. Rock and roll. Here we go. And then I see they're removing the chairs. I went, oh, is uh, they're removing them? It goes, oh, yeah, it's standing room. Oh, oh, okay. You know what? Even more rock and roll. Very cool. You know what? Like a David Cross show, like Kyle Kinane. Yeah, we're going to do this. Okay. And then I, they start wheeling in games. And I'm like, bubble hockey, bubble hockey, whack a mole, whack a mole, foosball. They had a huge mallet thing that you had, it was it was the uh, like you know like the the hammer hit the thing and the scale goes up at the carnival to see the how bell. much. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So they had a digital one of those, but it was a foam mallet. So it's it, it was pitched as a comedy show, but it's a comedy show mingle hour. So people are expected to mingle and Oh, and there chat. was food. And there was food. There was food and booze. Yeah. Food and booze that you could you could uh, go. Just walk and, up to a table. Just right. walk up to a table and go. You know, yeah. Which which was my opening joke, which was what they were doing, which is literally coming up eating food in front of us and going, oh, okay, that's cool. And so I when knew. When did it, you announce the raffle winner? Ha. Ah, <laughs> it should. I, w- I would have raffled off. Some like I would have raffled off my shoes if I could have designed. Okay, here we go for a <laughs> nice pair of Adidas that looked like those Bosch shoes that cost eight hundred pounds. Um, so as soon as I saw Joey, I can't remember if I told you or not. I was like, "Oh, we're in for a night." Um, I don't I, think you told me right away. Okay, uh, okay. I probably didn't want you to flee. Well, I probably wanted you in seen the each room. other face right. to face in a while, so yes, we did the exactly. whole catching up and stuff like that. And then yeah. uh, I think it was when David showed up. Yes. Because I got there a little early, grabbed uh-huh. the coffee, and then, uh, right. yeah, Dave showed up, and that's when I think he dropped the bomb. Yes. I went, okay, we're just <laughs> just flick on Dave the switch crap. and drive. <laughs> like, like, that show, like, comedic performance-wise, is when you're just leaving Regina and you flick on cruise control. Just... Don't even bother. Oh yeah, just it was, put your head down. Yeah, it was. It was literally. If I could have had a Jofa helmet on, <laughs> I would have taken it. Um, but what was weird was so in this ginormous cavernous room, mm-hmm. maybe what thirty people formed a little table on the left yes. hand side. Correct. And everybody else was doing their thing, mm-hmm. grabbing drinks, playing games, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I just played to that 30, 40 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't hear myself over the noise. Yes. Um, <clears> I was <throat> hoping that they could hear, 
they did. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I went backstage when you went back on and uh-huh. I told uh, Dave, I said, listen, just play to that table. Yep, exactly. You know, and that yeah. woman, Judy, <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. who was sitting, she, listen, hands down, if she's watching this, you have free tickets to any show. Absolutely. She was no one of the greatest audience members ever. Yeah. In that situation for a woman to have that much fun. Yes. By all means. Yeah. Please uh, be my guest wherever I am. Absolutely. <laughs> same same thing. It's like I, I saw the faces. I was like, oh, I hope I remember you. Yes. Yeah, you were paying attention. But like I blew up my voice on it because I was we I got in the car afterwards and, and I finally found my car and my wife, uh two different tries. And um <clears throat> she's like so, was, we actually waited there. Uh, so we all leave and Todd's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go this way. I, go, I think I parked my car here. And Dave and I were walking this way. And yeah. then Todd's like, nope, wrong way. And he walks yep. by. <laughs> and, and Pride was just like, let's stay here another 10 minutes. See how many times he comes by. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. We stayed here hoping yeah. you were going to just keep coming by. So, so finally get, so, so the, the actual show, when I first went up, well, for, well you know, my wife got in the car and she was still on a, on a work call. She goes, how was the show? And I went, ah, it was really good. She's like, what happened to you? Ah, I was trying to reach the back road. Didn't take. Um, I knew we were going to be in trouble when the people organizing the event were getting talked over. It was like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. And so um, the I burned through, I'm going to say, in the fir- I, I burned through in the first Fifteen in the first ten minute spot that I did, I think I burned through twenty minutes of material. <laughs> it's just like okay. I haven't had uh, one of those in a while, where you're just like, okay, material, 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 material. That's go. it. Yeah, take out the pauses. This is an Italian run through. Let's do oh, it exactly. And it, yeah. but you know what? They were super nice. Like uh, they were fantastic. You know, and, fantastic. and that's all that matters in the end is yeah. You know, there's no scars. Let's put it that way. No, no. And the, like, here's the thing. And like, they know what to do next time. They know what to do, what not to do which is yeah. us, you know, as I was walking on stage going, you know, if you threw 300 bucks at a DJ, this would have been fine. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. That's what they needed. Yeah. Right. It was just some background music where somebody can be like, Hey, can you play Donna summer? Yeah. And they move on to the next round of exactly. ball or whatever. Uh-huh. But what was interesting is as we were walking out, there were people in the back mm-hmm. that were like, Hey, that was good. And you didn't realize that they were actually paying attention. Yes. But they were standing near the entrance all the way in the back, right. but the speaker was there. Right, 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 right. So these four gentlemen from this one company said, yeah, we just stood here because we could hear it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I I wish I had known. So also by that speaker, if it was if it was on the same side of the room, when you and I were talking out back, just you know, with, with David, you know, going through his set right. in, in in the thing, I didn't know they had that mallet game in the room. So he'd be doing a joke and suddenly we, there's this wham like that. And I went, holy shit, he's getting animated. Like he's really, they gave us a table to put our stuff on. It's like, and I just pictured him hammering the table like, uh, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Like he's just bam, bam, bam. And, uh, no, that was not it. Uh, that's when I realized it's the whack-a-mole game or whatever the fuck. Cause like yeah. all through his set, whammo. It's like, he's picking weird spots to punctuate. It's, that's not, re- that's not the punchline. I was line, waiting really. for the, uh, somebody to, in the middle of my set, just to start a foosball game because mm. that was the closest game to us. Yes. And I thought, well, you know, it is on the other side of Judy's table. They uh-huh. don't give a crap. I'm not looking that way. I thought yep. in the middle, I was going to hear, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of clicking and yep. a ball going into a, 
you know, I, I was terrible at foosball. Oh, yeah. I suck at it. I suck at it. I was and, bad at all those games. Mm-hmm. Like the bubble hockey I was bad at. Mm-hmm. I just liked it because they played music before every face-off or the yes. puck popped up. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I was into the – Galaga was my game. I was If I went to an arcade and there was yeah. Galaga, yeah. see ya. That was the best mm-hmm. quarter I ever spent. Right. I so so now knowing because we had that conversation afterwards, uh, knowing that about David Pride, I now want to have a spy hunter competition with him and see whose quarter lasts the longest. Mm. Now, admittedly, I'm rusty. So we'll yeah, we see. were talking about that. Eh? The old yeah. video games. Yeah. Darcy, did you ever get into arcades? Were you? Were, did they pass you by? Ah, um, oh, shit. At the local Lens mm-hmm. Munch Hut had time pilots. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's you got to repeat yeah. the name of that place? What was it? Somebody took their garage and turned it into a little like takeout place. So you get fries, okay. onions, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, cafeteria style hamburgers, you know, mm-hmm. called Lens Munch Hut. Of course it was. Okay. And so and while you you're pinball waiting for your machine and time pilot. Okay. That's okay. Um, oh, what kind of pinball? It would, that would rotate. Okay. So, yeah. So be often like, you know, a Batman, a Superman, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. My favorite one was, I don't remember where it was, but it, they had a Happy Days. Yes. Pinball machine. And that was yes. the best. Uh-huh. You had to get a, enough, you had to spell fawns. Yes. At the top. Uh-huh. To go into the bonus. I just remember that. I don't. And then you get a lock ball. Hey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about the lock ball. And then balls. when it goes down the gutter, sit on it, Ralph. Jeez. Oh, now I'm going to go on eBay after this. And just right? <laughs> Happy Days pinball machines and just uh-huh. cry at the value of them. <laughs> yeah. I have my, I know I still have my uh, Happy Days lunchbox somewhere. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, What was mine? It was either, it was either Happy Days or Muppets. I think mine was Muppets. Pretty cool too. I think I think I had the Muppets one. Can't go wrong with the Muppets. No. And then people who shit on the Muppets, shit on you. That's, That's what right. I say. I agree. Yeah. You don't like fun things. That's what I say. Did you know someone someone frees this and I and I now like I've got um either the first season or all of them. I can't remember how how it came packaged to me, but I've got uh DVD copies of the Muppet show and I need to find this because someone posted the image of it on Twitter and I it needs validation for me cuz this could be the deepest fake of deepest fakes ever. It's a shot of backstage Okay, and it's by the desk, by Kermit's desk as he's managing the show and stuff. And you know how they have like show posters, kind of like oh, you know, I know what the you're stairwell. About. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Darcy, I do know have what you seen? Have you seen this one? Do you, have you seen? Do you know where I'm going with this? Behind the desk on one of the pillars, or like one of the enclaves, like where they would wheel in a pan- piano when it wasn't being used on stage or something like that. There's a show poster that says "One Night Only," Statler and Waldorf. Mm-hmm. So they are old hack performers that didn't make it in the day and are now shitting on everything else. But I, you know, what's so interesting that I want, again, much like you, I was like, did they ever put out that episode? I don't know. And if they haven't, would they now? But wouldn't they do a back in time thing? But that would be a part. Oh, you mean like a Statler Waldorf show? Like what they would have been like? Prequel kind of. Yeah. Yes. You see, there's the universe we need to see. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like why are they so disgruntled now? Right. They wasted all that money and time and effort on Muppet Babies. That's the story they should have done. 
right? I mean, Howie Mandel couldn't have done any, any of the voices. Though. No, no. <laughs> uh, okay. So already I'm seeing pluses. I didn't already. go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Have, have I affronted the Jesus of comedy? Um, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, well, he won't he won't touch me. I know that much. Oh, he, does the, uh, fist, uh, he does the he does uh, the fist pump. He's like, nah, yeah. you got germs. You got angry germs. Um, I angry germs. <laughs> they, you know what? You know what it would be? It would be like a Mrs. Maisel-ification of the Muppet Show, where they see the beginning times. Yeah. Right back then. Oh, I so want that story. I so want that story. Um, couple Jason Siegel is listening. He's all yes. over this. Oh, is he? Is is does he own the Muppets now? No, but he, I think he wrote the last one and he okay. was in it. So he's a huge fan and aficionado. So okay. since he's already got their ear. Yeah. The Did you ever see Muppet Up, which was their improv show that they did? I don't think so. It was, so it was, it was not like the Muppet Show Muppets. It was like new Muppets. So they made like new puppets uh, for, for, for this show. And it was improv games. That's and there neat. was, there was no guest or anything. And it was all... It w- it wasn't child based. It was all like adult humor, you know. And it's, uh, so uh, you might hear the odd f word. You might hear you know. You might hear shit like you know like a crab. Was would that be... the uh, Avenue C people or puppets? Avenue Q? You mean Avenue Q? Sorry, yeah. um, is that their puppets? Maybe, but I I had the feeling that this was still Muppets, like because so because the name Jim was Muppet Henson? Up, like it was still, it was it was still Jim off? Henson. No? Okay. Yeah, like it was a Jim Henson. Uh, at, at least it got its grace. Right. It, you know, it got permission to 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 do this show, um, because I think it threw up enough warnings that this is not for children. Like this is like, okay. like honestly, like like a fiddler crab would be smoking a cigarette while talking to a hot dog. You know, in in um uh, in stockings. You know, it's it's like that sort of thing. Benny um, Hill meets the Muppets. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> oh all the running God, across. That's hilarious. Um, I gotta find this. Yeah, uh, it it's. I don't know if it would be streaming anywhere. Um, it didn't last long, which was a shame because I would watch it all the time. And there would be – it was kind of like Who's Line, be, it, that style of improv game where like if you watch Who's Line, forget the musical numbers, but like ha- at least once during the episode, certainly in the, in the in the British ones, but in the early days of the North American ones, there would always be at least one moment where you just blurt laugh and fall off the couch and, and couldn't breathe. I got to tell you, I saw those guys live. Mm-hmm. Um, here in at just for laughs in Montreal, like yeah, I don't know how many years ago. They are the quickest people I've ever seen in my life. It's yes. gross, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then uh, I was lucky enough to do a cross Canada tour with Proops with Greg. Yes, and that man, first of all, funny, mm-hmm. intelligent. Like if you want a well written, intelligent comic, if that's what you're, you don't want people that are just uh, talking about what. This is your guy. Right. The other thing that surprised the crap out of me about Greg Proops, walking mm. encyclopedia of yes. baseball. Not just baseball. Huge. I didn't know this because I just brought up the fact that uh, once upon a time, uh, you know, that I saw mm-hmm. Charlie Lee pitch a no hitter against the San Francisco Giants. Right. And then Greg listed off the starting lineups that day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ever in a car, like on a long car ride with uh, with Greg Proops. And you, you're you kind of, your voice is tired after like show after show, show like you did like a Wednesday to Sunday. You're just like, oh, I need to give my throat a rest. Um, just uh, say to him as you're driving from Saskatoon to Calgary, um, what do you know about the Negro Leagues? And then just, 
Just do oh, yeah. that. Because uh, wasn't that Getty Lee also? Was Getty he a Lee, huge Negro League? Getty guy? Lee actually donated his uh, collection. Okay. To the, to the Baseball Hall of Fame. He had oh, gone sweet. out and just collected all this memorabilia from mm-hmm. the uh, early Negro Leagues. Bats and shirts and baseballs and caps. It's phenomenal. Okay. I have something I need to show you because this is freaking me out, kind of. Um, uh, did, did I talk to you about the post I made about the Expos? No. Okay. So let me let me find my um uh Better be a positive find, post. It, oh no no it, it very much was. It very much was. Um here we are. Okay. So someone had posted um uh online uh on Twitter. Um we deep it's Toronto Mike is is the account on Twitter. And he goes, "We uh dive deep into the history of the Montreal Expos with uh it looks like Dan Gallagher." So the, it's a it's a show or something like that. And so he posted out this question to all of Twitter, or at least the people who follow him. Um, what's your favorite Expos moment? And this was mine. And I posted it there. I said, went to a game with a friend of mine sitting near the Montreal dugout. Yuppie walked on top of it, waving at the crowd. As he walked past a man and his son, the child said, for all to hear, Yuppie's feet stink. I'll never forget that day. Now, this is what I want to show you. Toronto Mike himself liked it. Look who the second guy is. Here, let me, there it is. That's, uh, nice. <laughs> now, I think his family runs that. Okay. Cause, it's not from the other side. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he's no longer with us, right? No, unfortunately not. Okay. All right. That's important news. For for the people who, who don't know... Um, I, I got a like from the uh, from the this is for the non Patreon people. I got a like from the ghost of Gary Carter, which is so, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Is it's cool. it's kind of creepy. Like when you see like um, Joan Rivers still posting, it's like oh geez, okay, that's yeah, yeah. I, I do the uh, all right. They they're gone. I unfollow. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do the George Carlin. Like how long before you scratch their name out of the book? You know. Right, it's too soon. Mm-hmm. That's about um, a week. I think. Uh, I think once I once I get my hands on timed tweets, that's how I'm going to spend my last week on Earth. I'm just gonna cue them all up. Yeah, cue them all up. Hit send, and in my last will and testament, you can delete everything except this account. This one you keep open. Yeah, you well, you pin it. Yeah, yeah, just and you just tweet. you know. And then, like every you know, every few weeks, a new one bubbles up to the surface. Hey, sorry, I've been away for a while. What I miss? Oh, you know? that is genius, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you got to figure out a way that somebody can edit it to make it sound topical. Yes. <laughs> well, or or you just do what the Onion did, which is just like put out every single mass shooting tweet they've ever done. Uh, <laughs> just well, like <laughs> here, I can just time language bullshit. Right. Exactly. Because that's right. never going away. So. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that'd be fine. Right. Uh, I get the feeling in in three, let's say I passed away tomorrow. I think next year I could tweet it this time. Hey, the truckers are back. Could or happen. Something. Yeah, yeah. I I have no doubts. I have no doubts. I mean, I actually have a gig in August in Van Cleek Hill. Okay. And that's where they're all hanging out now, right? Oh, okay. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. really? And I and I even said to the, the booker, I was like, are we going to have the, you know, I mean, I don't care who comes to the show and I don't care about your point of views. 
right you know politically or whatever as long as we don't have to talk about it yes you know um that's not what we're there for you're not Mm -hmm. there to hear me preach and i'm not here to listen to you try to convert me to your way of thinking Mm -hmm. you know but there was like i was saying um the first night that ontario lifted the uh, the passport vaccines right i happened to be in ottawa and it was a very different vibe because all mm-hmm. of a sudden you realized, yes, they were all excited to be there, but you kind of got the feel that a lot of these people were not vaxxed, mm-hmm. uh, didn't care about the mask mandates, you know, because those were still in effect. But literally, as soon as they walked up the stairs and passed the, uh, you know, the, 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 the register and all that, mm-hmm. They were off, you know, walking to their seats, getting mm-hmm. up from their seats to go to the washroom or whatever. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nope. Um, that was, you know, the MC did a joke all weekend long about Trudeau. That was the only night that it garnished booze, like actual mm-hmm. booze. Oh. Yeah. Um, just his name, not the joke. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know. Um, so, yeah, I just, again, I wish all this nonsense of everything being politicized, including mm-hmm. comedy in some provinces. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, every, I don't think you can go anywhere and not have comedy politicized. You know, but I mean, here, it's unfortunately in Quebec, we had, you know, the Mike Ward issue. Uh, right. That actually affected everybody in, in you know, the entertainment. And I, and I also believe journalism. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't point out certain things in a certain way, mm-hmm. I mean, that is free speech. Yeah. You know, he wasn't inciting hatred. He wasn't inciting violence. It, the uh, the unfortunate part of this was, you know, they took a crap on Mike. What about the other people that took this too far and bullied the kid? Yeah. Mike never bullied the kid. No. You know, so it's just, it's an interesting time to be doing stand-up now. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic when everybody's a little, uh, we all have to be re-educated and yes. how to deal with everybody, myself included. I mm-hmm. realized that. Uh, last night I went to a restaurant for the first time in a long time and it was, it was busy, right? you know, and all of a sudden there was something in me that was like, wow, this is a lot of people in a room. Yes. You know, um, uh-huh. but you know, I was, I, listen, I've had the COVID, mm-hmm. um, and I'm triple vaxxed yep. and I, listen, I'm one of those guys. If they want to call me sheep, fine, mm-hmm. but listen, I got a 94 year old grandmother Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still with us, thank God. And my dad, he's in his 80s. So, yep. you know, anything I can do to protect them. Absolutely. Is what I'm going to do. So if I need to take, you know, if I if I have to get as many needles as I can, and if mm-hmm. I run really fast, I'll whistle because of all the holes. So, yeah. be <laughs> so be it. Yeah. You know, like I, anything to end this shit. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I say it on stage, my left arm is a pub dartboard. Like, if you have something, go. Just put it in thunk, thunk, thunk. Oh, That's as long it. as I'm not shooting the darts, I am shit. <laughs> I got, I, I did a, a fundraiser for the Legion here a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, the newspaper picked up, and so they caught me throwing darts. And I've never had more phone calls from members of the Legion going, please never play darts again. <laughs> like, just the way I was holding it. They were right. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Okay. You've been That's, to war. That's fine. I'll listen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> listen to guys who have your body count records. Yeah, exactly. Like, listen to those guys. Um, Joey, thank you for being here. Man, this was you, so much fun. You, uh, you you closed up. This is the last episode of season 22. 
Oh, wow. Season 22. That's a good number. And it is. And and you know what? I was sitting there going, like, how do we want to close this out? How is it and I was like, Jesus. Like, you know, like David's been on the show. David Price has been on the show. And I was like, I, so. I can't believe I've never had you on. And it's like, well, now I there's I think there's you've no asked a few times. And I think every time um, – it was when I was in Toronto, correct? When you were correct. in there, yep. and somehow our timings never worked out. No, no, no. You know, yeah. and now this is. Uh, I mean, again, it was great seeing you in person, obviously, yeah. and it would have been fun doing this all at, in one place. But mm-hmm. uh, this will. This is almost, always fun. Always I, fun. I see. I dig these so much because I don't need to leave. I don't need. To, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to leave. I don't need people in my house. I don't need you know. I don't need my dog jumping on them and going. Ah! Allergic, like, and as yeah, soon yeah. as you you know hit that leave meeting, right? We're just all like, uh, in our kitchen grabbing uh, whatever we're going to make for dinner. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, Joey, hang out for a bit. We'll do the intro and the picture, and we'll say goodbye like you know, you know normal human beings. Uh, where do people find you uh, online or on radio, or where where do people get you? Uh, Twitter is the best way. It's mm-hmm. at Everyday Joe MTL. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want, I do a, a weekly thing on global Montreal called everyday Joe, and it's just a quick two minute opinion piece with a little bit of humor about, nice. uh, like this week is, um, all about the gambling ads. If you're a sports fan and you're watching mm-hmm. all the sporting events, it's offensive. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, listen, you yes. want to gamble? That's great. Uh-huh. I mean, they're pushing it. Like it's the cure for oh, something. It is. So first of all, it's the exact same thing in Ontario. Yeah, well, um, I, we get all the Ontario commercials oh, during okay. our Hockey Night in Canada feed for some right. reason. So that's the weirdest thing. They're like, hey, now in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And you're like, then why are you doing Because we can't do it. Right. Everything is in in uh, the province of Quebec is run by Lotto Quebec. Of course. Right. I don't know. Actually, in Ottawa, this would be interesting because you're so close. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could. Uh, gamble with a Quebec if you lived in Gatineau, could you yeah. play an Ontario? Oh, app, that's app. interesting. <sighs> you gotta know they got the ISPs locked down, right? Well, that's it. I mean, I guess that individual would have yeah. to actually go to mm-hmm. the store, right? Right, fill out that little paper mm-hmm. thing, and then do whatever. Right, I uh, get someone's Wi-Fi from across the river. Yeah. yeah, I knew we were gonna have problems with the advertising stuff like that when the score created its own gambling app. I'm like, oh, come on. And the worst part. Yeah, is they take the breaks during hockey night in Canada, mm-hmm. and they throw to cabbie to give us the updated odds. Right. I'm like, really, mm-hmm. Ron McLean? That's what you're going to do now? Right. Right. Um, when I saw Jerry D walk through the little portal, I went, "Oh, they cancel Family Feud." Okay. That's how I find out. We don't have variety up here. Um, Joey, thank you so much for being here. Um, My pleasure. And uh, like I say, we'll say goodbye in a second. Darcy, how do people find you? Monty and Darcy on Instagram. That's correct. And uh, you want to find them on Twitter? Do it yourself. Or you just actually I tag them in every post that's from the Cat P thing. So you'll be fine. Hey, speaking of uh, of uh, social medias, uh, you can follow this very podcast at CATP Podcast. That's right, folks. Cat P. You can follow the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. That's where we drop like the little videos out here. For there's a Darcy Snickers at the TikTok, but the the people like the TikTok. I get I get notifications saying, "Hey, people like your TikTok. Look at that TikTok you sent. You see the TikTok you sent? People like it. They gave it a tick. They gave it a tick, and then they talk about it. That's why they call it the TikTok. This is yes. 
That's right. I have my own TikTok. It's Hey, it's TVA on TikTok. I put out a video and then people go, hey, you're an anti-mask. You're a, you're a, you're a beta cuck libtard. And I go, yeah, but I'm wearing a mask, jerk. And then some people will tick that and then they'll talk about it. That's why they call it TikTok. Um, yes, follow me personally at Hey, it's TVA on all the socials. Um, figuring out, we're now in the planning stages of the next write up. We don't know uh, where that's going to be happening, whether it's going to be virtual or uh, finding other venues. Um, I would love to bring it to Montreal and I would be leveraging Joey uh, all the time. Joey, let me tell you about my little show uh, that I do. Um, I host it. So that role's taken. And then I bring five comics to the stage and they perform. So it's just like a regular comedy show. But I have a team of writers writing roast jokes about everything a comic does. And I dismiss the comic and I read those jokes out verbatim, providing anonymity and a no, an emotional distance for the writers. It's the funnest show on the globe. So, like um, yeah. So I'd like to bring it to, to Montreal. And maybe we can find a venue there and we'll figure that out. Because um, I would need writers and I would need comics. Um, we, got, we got them all. And I, uh, well, I know I, I would love to see you as a writer. I'd love to see you roasting people. Is that is that something you enjoy doing? It strikes me you do. I do, but I don't try to be overly mean. Uh, you can't. Okay. So again, th- uh, this is how I describe it. It's the Nuremberg trial if it's done with Care Bears. Like, that's it, right? Yeah, like just do it with a smile. Yeah, you do it with a smile. It's like, and, and this is the other thing, too. The Montreal community would have so many inside jokes. It would be great for them. And I'd just be reading it going, yeah, I see Mike Patterson's wearing a hat. Why is that killing? I don't know. Okay. Um, so yeah. his mullet. <laughs> Excuse me, it's French. That's a moulet. Moulet. That's um, right. There's a uh, some sort of accent. There's a, there's an accent. Probably a grave. I'm gonna guess. Um, you can follow all of those um, type things on. Uh, you can look for uh, updates on the Write 'Em Up shows at Write 'Em Up Show again on all the socials, including including the TikTok. Um, here we go, folks. Uh, this is season 22. This is the end of it. Thank you. Darcy and I will be taking a little break in between. Then we'll be back with season 23. Thank you so much, uh, Patreon people. Uh, if you're not a Patreon person, you can sign up for three bucks a month, and then you get the video. You get the video of everything. You get bonus content every single damn week. Uh, new stuff that is not in the audio feed. So please come on by and uh, sign on up. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Joey, the no longer erstwhile Darcy and myself, when you listen to Cappy, you're in for a good time. Jimmy and Bobby, you are always the podcasts. Lately, lately, I find I rush. Can't piece together the sun and the sky of the spots on my face. 